There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This edition of How to Be a CEO is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. ES Audio. What did we even do before quick commerce put all those mopeds on our streets and all those snacks in our cupboards? Actually, the model's been around longer than you think. Some people think that quick commerce, as it's sometimes referred to, benefited from the pandemic. But actually, people were already ordering convenience retail on kind of takeaway or takeout platforms. Steve here is Strategy VP of Zap, which raised around $200 million in Series B funding this year. Even Lewis Hamilton got on board. It was one of the earliest entrants to the instant grocery market, which is now booming with lots of rivals. There was a lot of competition and we saw that some of our competitors were offering extremely generous discounts. We never really did a tremendous amount of that and I think that's paid off because since some of that, you know, that venture capital money is dried up and, and competitors are not throwing money at, at customers, we got the right kind of customers in the first place. I'm David Marsden from the Evening Standard. We're going to be talking to Steve about instant groceries and Zap. But Steve, who has muscular dystrophy, is also a pioneer for disabled people in business. So we'll be looking at how the remote working world has opened up new opportunities too. One of the good things that came out of the pandemic, and there weren't many, you know, to be clear, but it definitely removed that glass ceiling. This is how to be a CEO. How do these instant delivery growth companies like yours actually work? Because to me, it almost feels kind of miraculous. I go on the app, hit what I need, I order something, and then it turns up 15 minutes later. How? How is this happening, Steve? No, you're absolutely right. There's definitely a little bit more to it than that. As I always like to explain, you know, behind your favorite bag of, of crisps or your favorite bottle of wine is actually a pretty complex new supply chain, right, that gets products from... Um, the direct brands we work with and the wholesale into into our into our big giant London distribution centre and then that and then that goes out and replenishes each of our individual zap stores. I think we have around around a dozen of those in London. And they're the they're the local micro fulfillment centres where we stock our products because we act as both the retailer and the delivery service. So we do the the whole customer journey. And then from there of course as you as you rightly point out you place your order on Zap, um, and then our store associates pick the products, place them in the bags for the riders, and our own employed riders then deliver your, your Zap moment on our all-electric fleet um, to your door in minutes, 
So yeah, that's how the magic happens. How big is that warehouse? Tavis running out of stock must be a problem. So what does it look like for you when you enter the warehouse? There must just be shelves and shelves of stock there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's 25,000 square foot. It's pretty big, but I mean, it really allows us to develop that exceptional customer experience because by having a central distribution center, we can do what's called in- intraday or uh, or same-day replenishment, right? So when we know a particular store is running out of your favorite products, we can replenish ourselves directly from our DC. Whereas what you often see other retailers having to do is wait for the wholesaler to do a round trip maybe the next day or later in the week. So we, we decided very early on to invest in our supply chain quite deeply, including that, as you say, that giant London distribution center. So you guys launched, I think, 2020, which is roughly the pandemic here. It's probably not the best time to open a business, Steve, but actually with something like this, maybe it is. You know, absolutely. I mean, there's two ways of thinking about this. Some people perhaps misunderstand and think that speedy delivery, grocery, or um, quick commerce, as it's sometimes referred to, was something that, you know, drew up in um, and benefited from the pandemic. And that perhaps when lockdowns ended, that kind of customer demand might reduce. But actually, what our founders at Zap, Navel and Joe, you know, figured out early on is that people were already ordering convenience retail on kind of takeaway or takeout platforms, right? And, and that would see, you know, gig economy riders going into other people's convenience stores and hoping the products that you wanted were in stock and that you would hopefully get it within within a, a short time span. And what they realized is that there was that pent-up demand for a more convenient way of ordering sort of drinks, snacks, and essential groceries and even other kind of household items. But they're doing it on these takeout platforms wasn't really cutting it, right? So that was the thesis. And it wasn't really about the pandemic. And in fact, what we've seen, which is really, really encouraging from from our point of view, is that since lockdowns ended and, and the kind of world opened up again, that need for you know, living in the moment for kind of spontaneity and urgent need as we as we start to get back to much more complicated, busier lives has just meant that Zap has, has continued to grow and, and really, you know, convenience is having its moment post-lockdowns. It certainly is having its moment because, I mean, it's a very competitive market for what you're doing. So how are you surviving in this environment? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, this is quite an old-fashioned business in the sense that it, I, I think what what is going to win in this space is customer experience, right? Which is really being able to deliver on that customer promise. So in our case, we we our sort of top line promise is that we deliver within minutes. That's usually around twenty to thirty minutes max. We we aim for twenty or less, um, and it's about consistently keeping that that delivery promise, but also ensuring that you have the right catalog, so the right product range to suit those spontaneity and urgent need use cases and that you are able to ensure that what you have in stock is actually in stock. And then, you know, then there's other aspects of the customer experience, having a great shopping experience on the app, et cetera, et cetera. But in the end, it just comes down to, let's say, pretty simple, which is within this space, it's going to be about customer experience and, and the company that has the most consistent and high quality customer experience, I think, wins out. And in fact, like an interesting data point is when someone comes onto Zap and they make their first order, when that experience lives up to our promise or exceeds it, 
they automatically become the most loyal customers we see that so it really does make a difference if it's easier to order on zap than it is perhaps when you're super busy to go down to the shops yourself then that that's where we win so you're experiencing a kind of customer loyalty there you're finding out that after the first order they stay with you yeah i mean to be you know completely candid in the early months year of this space there was a lot of competition and we saw that some of our competitors were offering extremely generous discounts right essentially they were throwing money at people and i think there was definitely going to be customers that were quite savvy and, and shocked around we never really did a tremendous amount of that our our vouchering was single digit revenue compared to we've heard up to 20 30 percent revenue through discounts for, for some others in this in the space and i think that was really smart on our partner if i dare say because what it allowed us to do was to attract the right kind of customers from day one and they were customers where they loved our product selection they loved our customer promise but most importantly we were solving a genuine problem in their lives which is letting them live in the moment and, and make the most of the moment and i think that's paid off because since some of that you know that venture capital money is dried up and, and competitors are not throwing money at, at customers we got the right kind of customers in the first place. Yeah, your venture capital's not running out though, is it, Steve? You've got, what, is it $200 million worth at the start of 2022? Yeah, we know. We raised a decent Series B round. You know, it's it, you're building genuine infrastructure, so there's there's capital cost to it that you can't really get around. So yeah, we, we, we are well capitalised. I think we've also been quite careful not to raise too much money before we've really proven out our, our, our thesis. That kind of figure does show a confidence to investors, though. It shows that people think there are opportunities there. I mean, you got Lewis Hamilton involved. That must be exciting for Zap as a brand. Yeah, no, we're absolutely delighted to, to have Lewis partner with us. Um, we have, we have, you know, we have a range of great investors from various aspects of, of business, including sort of leading international venture capitalists and, and European venture capitalists who, who back our, you know, back our vision, which is really to transform convenience retail and build this this new supply chain that you know eventually will be capable of delivering hundreds of millions of orders to, to millions and millions of customers around the world getting them the things they need or want right now within minutes but as you can imagine that's a long long-term term journey and to be able to do that more sustainably the and more efficiently than any other existing supply chain today is yeah is a huge huge problem to solve and really our investors would say the same thing. We're just getting started. Yeah, something I find interesting about what you guys are doing, which some others haven't, is that you link to specific areas like women's hygiene products. Does this kind of focus, does that help you retain customers? Yeah, no, absolutely. So the way to think about it is your typical supermarket probably stocks upwards of 30,000 SKUs, so 30,000 individual products, whereas our Zap stores, stores typically carry around 2,000 products. So what we have to spend our time, we you know, we obsess about this, is what are the products and the tastes and preferences of our customers for when they need or want something right now. Okay, and that and that obviously predominantly is things like drinks and snacks. So we have like an amazing wine selection, for example, and we stock all sorts of sort of international brands for snacks and, and drinks, but also boutique and premium and sort of more local independent brands and we are you know forever tweeting that catalog in response to what sells and what our customers tell us they want they want more of 
and um, but also we have to be quite careful in terms of having that limit, limited amount of shelf space, right? So the way we think about it is when there's a product, and I'll give you a fun example. Let's take ice cream, right? It turns out with ice cream, maybe it's not surprising, people want a lot of choice. People have their, their favorite flavors and their favorite brands, and we stock big brands like Ben and Jerry's down to sort of more local brands like Hat Hackney um, Gelato. Whereas when you want something like a toothbrush in an emergency, we probably stock one toothbrush. Right. Yeah. So that's how we think about it. When 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 product choice is what customers want, we tend to go super deep and wide. And and when when it's something that's where you just need one in a in a hurry, then then that then we have obviously less choice. But can you expand out of the everyday grocery thing, or is that your niche, or are you looking at different products? What could Zap sell? So as you say, we already recently launched the Period Store to target those type of products in an IC nice sort of presented curated way and try to really take the stigma out of out of, out of periods um, we've done all sorts of other stores we, we've just launched zap boutique which is our premium and luxury store where we're offering this highly curated and content driven shopping experience within the main zap app and that allows you to shop for some of your favorite uh, premium and luxury brands so we have um dalesford organic um food products I think we're going to stock around 90 of those. We started selling uh, more Apple products, even moving a little bit into sort of into tech when you need something really quickly. So really the way, as I say, the way we think about it is what kind of products do our customers need when they need or want something right now? And how does it either make the moment, because we're all about living in the moment and making more of life, or how does it save the moment when you occasionally need that, that emergency purchase, when, you, when you're willing to go on zap and, and pay for something to have it to have it immediately not all people are spontaneously buying an apple product for example or are you now looking at sort of things like that you come on this app to buy a big bag of crisp but in a few days you might want to look what's over here is that kind of thing drawing people back or is it still about looking at that and just getting it you know i think it, i think it adds some differentiation if you're stocking products that you wouldn't typically find at your local convenience store well you wouldn't expect to I think that adds a certain amount of stickiness. But it's also just, you know, we're in the business of solving our customers' problems or freeing them up to live more in the moment. So we also sell, you know, a range of sort of beauty products or self-care products. We're quite big on self-care Sundays, for example. But it really is, when you want to live in the moment and you need that spontaneity and that urgent need, that is our absolute sweet spot. So when we deviate too far from that, it doesn't really work as well. It's definitely about solving that problem for our customers. Okay, I need some ice cream and a bag of crisps, don't judge me. So while I order that, here are some ads. Why not keep yourself entertained by writing us a review on your podcast provider? We'll be back after these. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I want to ask, if I may, a few questions about yourself, Steve. Before you worked at Zap... You were a journalist. What made you go across to the dark side? You're quite right. So I spent off and on 10, 15 years in journalism. Most recently, I was at a publication called TechCrunch, which sort of covers startups and the venture capital industry. And so during my final stint at that publication, it was eight and a half years. I spent eight and a half years obsessively covering UK and European startups, tech startups, I mean, I was called a tech reporter, but I, I really always thought of myself as a business reporter that happened to specialise in, in tech-enabled businesses. So, you know, I wrote about some, some of the companies that, that your listeners will be very familiar with. So I think I was the first journalist to write about TransferWise, about the Challenger Bank Monzo. I'm pretty sure I was the first to write about Deliveroo, certainly in the, in the tech business press. And, and also a whole lot of companies that didn't do quite well, as well as those that you won't have heard of. And so, you know, seeing these startups go from being companies that no one really cares about, no one would have heard of, to making a real impact on the way we live and, and uh, on society, you know, it was obviously fascinating to have that, that, kind of, that kind of seat on the outside. But at, at some point, I knew I wanted to try my hand at something else. And in fact, I actually took a journalism break many, many years ago to do a startup of my own. So I'd already, I'd already caught the startup bug once. And my, my recent move to Zap was just having another go at, at jumping into that adjacent industry. But yeah, so that's, that's why I did it. But it was interesting because it was also partly a pandemic move, right? Lots of people, I think, during the pandemic sort of figured out their life-work balance, maybe what was really getting them interested and excited in work and, and figured that, that now was the time to make a change. And that was certainly true with me. But also because I have... A disability I always preferred or needed to work from home and so the pandemic sort of got rid of that old excuse that you can't be as productive working from home and and kind of opened up a lot of opportunities certainly in terms of how I perceived them because suddenly the world became that much flatter and I could go and work for any company because yeah because now no one really questions uh, remote working. Yeah the listeners won't be able to see this but you're a wheelchair user. Did that before now inhibit the opportunities for you? Could you have worked in your position now before remote working and Zoom and all the other things became a thing? Yeah, no, it's something that I've asked myself. I think that the way I built my journalism career was I developed a phenomenal 
ability to network online and to get sources to trust me and build those key relationships you need as a journalist almost entirely from my bedroom in a bungalow in North London, right? But whether I could then take that same approach to become, you know, an executive at a tech company, especially one one as, you know, heavily invested in as Zap, was something that I perhaps didn't really think could happen pre-pandemic. So I'd often, you know, I'd often get tentative sort of job offers or explore opportunities. And as soon as I reached the subject around, like, is it possible to work from home most of the week or if not entirely the entire week, some of those conversations dried up. So I think it did have a material difference, but most of all, more how I perceived opportunity. So once sort of work from home became, you know, the new normal, even if it didn't exactly last, but it kind of, it just, it just removed that, that sort of age old excuse, either in my head, in how I perceived opportunities, or in reality. And so, yeah, I genuinely believe that one of the good things that came out of the pandemic, and there weren't many, (laughs) you know, to be clear, it was a pretty miserable time I was shielding, you know, for over two years. But it definitely removed that glass ceiling, either in my head or quite literally. And yeah, and I ended up joining Zap. And it was a great story because I was actually writing about Zap. I was going to break their initial funding round. So I, I remember calling up the Zap CEO and I'm like, hey, I know you don't want to talk about it, but I'm going to break your funding news. And then I was pushing for more details. And I said, look, you need to hurry up because I might not be at TechCrunch for that much longer. And he said, why? And I was like, well, I'm looking at a couple of opportunities. And he said, well, why don't you come and work for us? Well, what would I do? What does a journalist do at a, at a speedy grocery company? And we got talked and we realized that we had so much in common in terms of how we saw the industry going and the opportunity. And well, as you say, the, re- the rest is history. Yeah, and I guess you probably had a bit of insight into how people will want to use a service like that because of your own disability. You know, that, that's, that's certainly true. And I know initially I felt it was product offering and an experience that I could relate to. During the lockdowns, yeah, I mean, I went deep in, in online in online grocery shopping and also worked out this kind of idea that when you think about the, the grocery or the food in, in industry as a whole, I could already see that different aspects of it were being picked off and companies were offering to do one thing and do it really well. So in a sense, you know, the sort of overall grocery shopping experience was being unbundled, right? So anything from kind of those meal kit delivery services where you order, you know, the recipe kit and you kind of cook it at home to something like Zap where, where it's about those spontaneous purchases. And I was already during the pandemic ordering organic meat from a specialist and just seeing the way, the way I say that the supermarket experience was being unbundled and kind of digitized and brought online and yet convenience retail seemed to be the one that was furthest behind and, and, and therefore a huge, huge opportunity for a company like Zap. I wonder how many talented people now have opportunities because of remote working. How much of the workforce is going to benefit from being able to pull these people in? I think there is a real opportunity there. I think, um, as I say, from a personal point of view, it's going to be very difficult for any company hiring or any opportunity that might arise for myself personally if somebody then says but your need to work from home is going to make you less productive or any of those kind of old, old tropes. Because, yeah, the pandemic proved that it may not be ideal. It's not always better than in-person. I think they, they have pros and cons. And I actually truly believe that hybrid working is probably the future. And certainly as that, we're, we're still a hybrid company. But in the end, for that for that kind of excuse that 
often people with disabilities are given that it's that it's somehow going to prohibit their their productivity. I think that got kind of blown away right in one go. So in that sense, I think it's true. Um, there's also an element in terms of startups and kind of some of these some of these challenger companies is hiring is always an issue. How do you hire talent, especially before you've established a brand? You know, how do you compete in the tech world with the Googles and and the Facebooks and 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 what have you? And certainly in London, in the old days, you used to always go up, up against the banks. We used to hire often some of the best tech workers. Um, and I think the, the great thing about remote working is now you can hire from anywhere, right? And and that's definitely a win for for access to talent. And yeah, it's, it's a huge opportunity. And just finally, is this your career now? Are you a tech entrepreneur? Or do you think you'll ever go back to the old-fashioned typewriter and start busting scoops out again? Is it done? <laughs> it's a really good question because... Like it's one that people often, often ask me. But I have to say, in 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 all seriousness, I think SAP is probably the best job I've ever had. It's so exciting, it's so energizing to work with some of the amazing people at the company, especially my own direct teams. You know, I get I get to directly and indirectly manage some some amazing individuals. And so right now, I'm really enjoying the energy. I I think the company's mission is a long-term one. As I say, it's going to take years to really build out that new supply chain and be able to deliver products that people want or need more sustainably and more efficient, efficiently than any other existing supply chain today. And that's like a huge mission. So right now, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely still loving being a tech executive and, and breaking that, that glass ceiling. Um, but yeah, I mean, you never say never, right? Once you've got the journalism bug, and I always wanted to be a journalist since being a kid, right? So it was already a dream come true. But people switch careers more often than they ever did before. And... Yeah, absolutely loving this latest, latest part of my story. That was Steve here from Zap. For more business interviews, news, analysis and commentary, go to standard.co.uk forward slash business or pick up the Evening Standard newspaper. How to be a CEO will be back first thing Monday morning. I'll see you then. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.